and welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and a look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica, and I am your host. And my name is Cassandra, and I'm your other host. My goodness, did I just hear a very funny half of a conversation just now? Oh, oh, me dictating a yeah. grocery list. <laughs> yeah. So Erica's partner called and said, "Hey, I'm going to go to the store, grab a few things. Do you need anything?" And she specifically ordered. A Caesar salad, a zinger, and an orange, singular. So she wanted a Caesar salad, in what form, I don't know, and then a zinger, which is only sold in boxes, like a little hostess cake, and then an orange. Mm-hmm. Now, is that something you're going to eat all at the same time? Who who can say? Who, who can say? It was so fucking specific. <laughs> I mean, even your, and you know, what's funny is that Winston said, what do you need an orange for? Like, (laughs) that's what stuck out. You must, you must have a Caesar salad and a zinger as a meal frequently, but the (laughs) orange is what threw him off. (laughs) You know, Caesar salad, a frequent buy of ours. It's a, it's an easy lunch. Uh Uh-huh. The other day. We stopped at a 7-Eleven late at night and I said, uh, he's like, do you want anything? And I said, get me some kind of sparkling water and get me devil's fingers. <laughs> he goes, what? And I said, you know, devil's fingers. And he's like, that's not a thing. And I go, no, the, the, the little, it's, it's a little chocolate dessert with a little row of icing on them. And then, you know, they're filled and he's like, okay, I'll look. And I was like, devil's fingers duh and then he comes out with a box with a little package of zingers and he's like is this what you meant i was like yes zingers devil's finger yeah yeah you get it he's had to do this much he's had to do so much interpreting for me over the years i just (laughs) what if i say something and he's like oh this is what she means like he just knows instinctually that the point of a relationship absolutely yeah i will say things incorrectly i will misremember i don't know brand like it's a wash if i go to the grocery store and somebody's like pick up blank brand i'm like uh i don't i don't know what that is if somebody's like oh what's your favorite brand of mustard i'm like the the i don't know who the fuck would ask that that's my answer to that i just have brand of mustard yeah i don't like squeeze like how about my favorite type of mustard your favorite brand brand names it's it's literally as if i have like some type of a wash or, or like a filter over my eyes i couldn't tell you the i could tell you like two brand names of foods <laughs> so i'm like uh you know uh, this one and i try to describe a label that's like very vague it's like there's a lady on the box and he's like okay i'll do my best and somehow he always finds it so <laughs> those are your dolly parton cakes there's a lady on the box a lady i like a lady i like yeah he yeah it's like very specific to me and he's like okay so yeah i i can never let this man go because no one will ever (laughs) be able to relearn all of my things and idiosyncrasies so yeah but yeah an orange that was a that was a draw that was a specific draw i just felt like i needed something you know some vitamin c today I, i was getting scurvy you know Fighting off the scurvy. There's more vitamin C in a jalapeno than there is in an orange. That's great to know. I did not. I wish these sailors would have been eating jalapenos. Yarg. 
Yarg. Tra- why you why you trash gas? So I don't know if this is a specific one, although it does work. Sometimes when I drink a little too much, things will occur and I'll go, I should say that on the podcast. And so I'm just looking at my list and I have one in here that it must have been written when I was drunk. And it just says four step farting. Dolly Parton. That's what you meant. That's (laughs) nope. I'm pretty sure I meant four step farting. I must have been drunk, hopefully in my house Mm -hmm. and just walked a step and farted each time. (laughs) Thus making me write down four step farting. Mm -hmm. But you know, isn't that the American dream? You, you pull your stuff up by your bootstraps you get a roof over your head that you can just drink yourself silly and uh, toot every step in in the comfort of your own home, you know? Mm-hmm. It's true. I'm looking out the window right now and it's drizzling. It's raining. You couldn't fucking pay me to leave my house. Like, I just want to be here and just, you know, fart. So yeah. God, maybe no. that's not why I'm trash. Maybe that's why I'm a hero. You know, sometimes the, the line between hero and trash, are it's razor thin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And sometimes yeah. things are both. I think we yeah. know that. I think we get yeah. that. Why are you trash? Okay. So the other day I had a work meeting and I started the, the Google Hangout and mm-hmm. I realized I, I turned the camera off. I, I slacked the person. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'll be right there. What I did not do is I had my earbuds in Uh-oh. and they were connected to my computer, not my phone. I had not muted the meeting. I went to the bathroom. And then, so I just turned off the Bluetooth on my phone thinking, thinking, Oh, now my earbuds are not connected to my phone. No one can hear me. I proceeded to go to the bathroom flush the toilet, wash my hands. And on my walk back to my, you know, eight feet round trip, basically, I realize, oh no, your earbuds are connected to the computer, to the meeting you started, where your coworker is sitting, probably having heard you go to the bathroom, flush a toilet, and is just sitting there pretending as if they did not. Yeah, man. What do you do? Like, do you just let it go because everyone has to pee and it was a simple mistake or do you call it out? So I let it ride. I let it ride. And then we met in person for the first time, like, you know, a couple of weeks after. And I said, you know, after we got to know each other a little bit, you know, a couple a day or two in, I said, Hey, I have a question for you. And they're like, yeah, what, what's up? And I was like, you remember the meeting we had the other day? And he was like, you know, and I said, um, I had, I had my headphones in. Did you? And I, and I explained the situation and I was like, did you hear me go to the bathroom and flush the toilet? And he was like, no, but now I know that happened. (laughs) I was like, I just, that's fine. It is what it is, but I just had to know (laughs) either way. I'm fine that you know, it happened. I just had to know if you heard it. (laughs) He he just laughed and we all had a jolly good time. But I was like, okay, I just had to know if it happened. It's like you've learned nothing from doing this podcast. 
I know. You know, like I know. But you know, you you had your video turned off, so I guess that's yeah. at least good. I mean, yeah, my computer stayed in the same spot, you know, but it at uh, the headphones in, you know, and uh, I was just like thinking. How do I ever face this person again? Do I have to get a new job? Do I move? Do I change my name entirely? Like not for peeing. If you were taking like a wicked growler, or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. A I'm wicked sorry. growler. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My goodness, my goodness. Oh like, my god. Uh, if your name was Stanley and you were taking a steamer, uh, <laughs> tough steam. on dirt, better on carpet. Is that? Was Stanley Steamer wasn't a local thing, was it? I think we had Stanley Steamer. Or it might have been a regional thing. We may have had I Steven think I Steamer. Only saw it, I saw it in Colorado's Stanley Steamer, tough on dirt, gentle on carpet. And it was for like to get your carpets cleaned. But let's see. Or it's a very specific shit no, joke. LA, Los Angeles Stanley Steamer. It seems okay, like it's a, okay, it's, okay. it is a, yeah, it's a national, it seems like it's a brand. Established in 1947. Yeah, I didn't want that joke to be too niche. Anyways, uh, Anyways, yes. Speaking speaking of a niche hobby, (laughs) it seems like hitchhiking has kind of gone the way of of a niche endeavor. So, I mean, with all the killers out there. (laughs) True, 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 true. And this first story comes to us from the grand old state of Oklahoma. Oh, your home state. Mahim State. In Logan County, Oklahoma, the story comes to us from KFOR.com. The Oklahoma Highway Patrol trooper says a man hitchhiked a ride and hung on for dear life to the back of a semi-truck. His journey started in Wichita, Kansas, before finally being caught in Logan County, Oklahoma. A hundred fucking miles at highway speeds like this guy was hanging on before other drivers were able to get him to pull over. Dude... That would have fucked me up. I, 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 like the finger grip this gentleman must have had. Yeah. OHP officer said that the man, Trooper Foster, said that the the man, the, the hitchhiker, we'll just say the hitchhiker, is lucky to be alive after his morning jer- joyride. Several drivers were calling 911. And it's like, when you get a call like that, you're like, oh. Is that what they're really seeing? Or is there something else going on? As if multiple people are drunk and hallucinating on the road. <laughs> I mean, it's Oklahoma and it's early. Yes, yeah, true. That's true. So the semi actually itself pulled over because other drivers on the roadway started to flag him down to pull over. He had no idea someone had been hitching a ride for, you know, a hundred miles on the back of his truck. Over an hour. Jeez. I mean, I you know, I... I feel like that's like a plot of a movie. Like people would climb up between the cab and the, you yeah, know, the hall, but to to just grip on. You ever see Free Solo? That man makes me so irate, dude. We- fuck that guy. Okay, but we can't we can't get into him right now. It's yeah. that's a whole other show. I would love to do a special trashy trashy where we just rewatch Free Solo and talk about this guy, but like, we evolved from like ooze, right? Like like primordial beings. <laughs> and we've been fighting fucking saber-toothed tigers and mastiffs our whole diseases our whole goddamn life and this guy's like, "You know what I'm going to do? 
eat a eat cereal off of a plate with a spatula and, and just and just climb the the up and down side of a mountain with no guard like i'm just going to defy all of my ancestors will to live <sighs> clearly you and i had different takeaways cuz his uh lack of plateware is what pissed me off the most not that he was a fucking idiotic rock climber anyways free yeah. solo guy uh, lives out of a van duh and uh he's got like a fucking pull-up bar and his van and that he hangs on with his little fingertips like you know to practice so that must be like this guy i bet can probably free solo <laughs> yeah we should channel his talent into something else 100 you're right you're right. Everyone has different skills in life and we just need to, you know, when they're, when they're young, identify that and channel that energy. And that's what we should have done with the two young people in our second story from news.artnet.com. Two boisterous kids smashed a $64,000 glass sculpture of a Disney castle at the Shanghai Museum of Glass. Why the fuck are kids allowed in the Museum of Glass? Thank you. My first question. Great. Should there be an age limit in a thing called the Museum of Glass? Yes. Also, yeah. yeah. And maybe more glass around the glass. I don't know. I, who am I to say? But Barbed wire, armed guards. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was the world's largest glass sculpture with 30,000 pieces. That's unbroken. It took 500 hours to create and includes a 24 karat gold spire, spires, multiple. Jeez. So it was made by the Arribas brothers who specialize in Disney collectibles. And the damaged castle was the work of their nephew, Miguel Arribas. Oh, sorry. Yes. The, the nephew of the Arribas, bro- whatever. It doesn't matter. The mm-hmm. Arribas family makes this shit. Mm-hmm. This shit, this art. But uh, <gasps> what? I just read the next paragraph. I got excited. I'm so sorry. Say it. The little visitors knew that their behavior was inappropriate. And under the encouragement of their parents, reported the incident to the museum staff. Their attitudes were friendly and sincere, and they agreed to help with the follow-up matters. What? Oh, okay. I I misinterpreted all of that. I thought it was like they knew it was inappropriate, and their parents encouraged the behavior, but no, it was like... (laughs) They immediately knew they were wrong. Their parents encouraged them to do the right thing and report it. Got it. Okay. I misinterpreted. I I was trying to scandalize what was not scandalous. Um, okay. I need some more media literacy because I was like, oh, this is fun. But that's not what it was, you know? Once we get through, what is it? A hundred hours to perfect something? <laughs> 10,000 so, hours, I think. Okay. I guess because we've already done 100,000 hours of, or 100 hours of this. Oh my God, help me. <laughs> you and me both. We're, we're about a, a tenth of the way there to yeah. finally getting good at this. So the museum, of course, apologizing to everybody since they can only display the castle now in its imperfect space or state. And we're sorry if this negatively affects your museum experience. But they there's people in the comments saying like that the parents should compensate the full amount that this costs to fix because they should have to pay for having shitty kids <laughs> like as if they are happy yeah you're humiliated can you imagine you're a fucking parent and like you're just trying to get some goddamn sunlight you know so to do something nice 
for this fucking family. I've eaten dinner over the sink for two weeks because you kids won't fucking relax. I try to do one nice thing because you love Disney. I said, fine, let's take them to the Shanghai Museum of Glass so they can see this Disney castle. And you fucks go and you fucking break it. Oh, my God. So this isn't the first time that children have run amok in this glass museum. Of course not. In 2016, two kids ignored protection barriers and tugged on a delicate glass sculpture until it broke. Not only did their parents make no attempts to stop them, museum security footage revealed that the adults were filming the entire incident on their phones. Is everyone just like kind of like crazy in the glass museum? I I feel like there's there must be some type of like it it, it, it sits on some kind of like gas reserve and there's like <laughs> you know like um you know what I mean like gas is yeah. like leaking up into the building and everyone's kind of like you know what I could do? and also when you see something delicate like is 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 there not something in you for like a fraction of a second where you're like I could smash this shit absolutely you know absolutely. what I, I mean I think that and in, in kids that voice is just a lot la- ours is very quiet. Mm. But in kids, it's the same volume, but because their ears are smaller, it's a lot louder. I'd the math maths. I'd love to have a moment where I can just like fling plates at a at a wall. Uh, oh, like one of those breaking rooms. Yeah, but almost like a little bit more unpredictable. Like it's almost like the rampage rooms or whatever. Like that seems like a very fun thing to do, mm-hmm. but you know the spontaneity of it it just doesn't work for me because I, I have permission. Yeah. You know, like I want like a random day to just like walk by a restaurant and go, Hey, uh, are you guys still open? And they're like, no, we're actually all walking out of our jobs today. But Hey, how would you like to throw all these plates against the wall with us? And I'd be like, for real. And they're like, yeah, we're going on strike. Our boss takes all of our tips. And I go, he, what? And then me and that staff destroy things. That's oh, that's like a fantasy. Like if if I was going to pay a company to be like, hey, like make a porn for me because people do that, you know, like yeah. that's what I would pay for. I would pay for that scenario. But instead of like having sex after they're like, hey, thanks for smashing all this stuff for us. By the way, the place across the street has really good milkshakes. Yeah. Um, do you want to you want to you want to get one with us? And be like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they're like, "What's yeah. your install? I'll follow." And I'm like, "I'll follow you guys back." Like that's my porn. <laughs> Mine's like, "Hey, the place across the street has an amazing chicken parm, and we have a cute. We have a, if you tell them this code, they'll give it to you for free because we have like a oh, deal." Yeah. There's that would be, be my version. Codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a discount code. code, and yeah, and we'll all follow each other on Insta. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's mine. Yeah, that's my porn. So yeah, we're, we're never gonna touch each other. Yeah, that's my God, porn. No, no, but there will be lingered looks. There'll be longing looks. Oh, of course, because it's like we just had adrenaline together. That that's that's a bond. Yeah. Damn. Um, all right. Let's talk about the next story. It's getting a little too hot here. <laughs> Ooh, uh, from People.com. Miss USA 2022, Arbanet Gabrielle denies allegations that pageant was rigged in her favor. Well, of course. What else should she do? So the current allegations are based on perception and not the truth, she tells people in a statement. 
So she was the first Filipino American winner. And shortly after her historic win, Miss Montana, Heather O'Keefe, alleged that several contestants felt like there was some favoritism towards Miss Texas. So I watched several of Miss Montana's TikToks. And I believe Miss Montana is the lawyer because I watch a lot of the, the, a lot of the, 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 the contestants feelings and, and TikToks about how Miss USA went down this year and things like that. And it's just, listen, Miss America and Miss USA are very different. Miss USA has the swimsuit competition. Miss America has the talent competition. Miss USA feeds into Miss Universe, which is where like all of the nations come together and compete. This, but what we're talking about is Miss USA. We're talking about Miss USA. Miss America. Which one did Trump do? Miss USA. Oh, so this is like kind of the yucky one. Yes. Okay. In my opinion, it's just it's the one without the talent competition. That's all I'll say. I was a talent girl myself, but but my mom did win the swimsuit competition at Miss Oklahoma back in the day. So you know, whatever. All right, little Erica, we think we're going to skip the swimsuits for you. So why don't you learn to twirl this baton? Yeah, they're like, listen, hun, those thighs, mm-mm. but you you go practice your talent out in the yard. <laughs> go, go run around and do your talents. <laughs> Sorry, I just imagine you playing a recorder being like, I'm going to win it. <laughs> I, I did get a recorder. I loved the good, the bad. And the ugly, the spaghetti western with Clint Eastwood, uh-huh. so much that one of like my aunt or nana like they got me a recorder and I would try to like play it. Not not musically inclined at all, but I would goddamn did I try and try and try. My family was like, "You should. That's so great. You should go practice in your room." <laughs> they're so kind to listen to me try. Anyway, what's the favoritism that they're thinking was shown to her? So, so what, what they think is that in a series of posts on social, Miss O'Keefe, Miss Montana, says that the contest was rigged. The Miss USA contestants feel strongly that the phaser, favoritism shown to Miss Texas. So she pointed that there was a resort and spa in Mexico, which is a sponsor of Miss Texas, the, the, the winner. And also of the National Miss USA pageant. So there were photos of Miss Texas at this resort and spa. And like, so she won Miss USA, but she was also shown less than 24 hours after she was crowned at this resort and spa. So they're saying, no, 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 babe. She could, why did she get to go to this resort and spa sponsored video? You know, there was like videos of her getting treatments and stuff if she already received the treatments before she won. So she was there nine weeks earlier. So she said she was allegedly flown down on United airlines, which is a sponsor of both miss Texas and miss USA to in July to visit a sponsor of the national miss USA and miss Texas pageant during an appearance on E news, the rundown, the winner miss USA now miss Texas said she, personally paid to fly herself down to Mexico for a promotional video as Miss Texas USA. But she says that there's also a photo of the Miss Gabriel, Miss USA, 
and Crystal Stewart, the president of the Miss USA organization. She said uh, it looks like she was doing her hair. And then Miss Gabriel, the winner, said, unfortunately, it looks like what happened maybe before I won. But that was my official Miss USA headshot after I won. So she's saying the photo was taken before, looking like there was favoritism, da, da, da. One of the judges own was also a Miss Texas sponsor and judge and a sponsor of the Miss Texas prize was also a judge at Miss USA has a photo with Miss USA. And so the, the current president is says as the first African-American woman in the leadership role, I take this position with seriousness and regard when I won Miss Texas USA, Miss USA was most recently, uh, I was when I won Miss Texas USA, Miss USA, and most recently became president of the Miss USA organization, many of women color were inspired and filled with hope. I would not do anything such as rig the competition I fought so hard for. She says that these allegations are misleading and against everything I stand for personally and professionally. So basically, these contestants have had like meetings with the, with the whole organization, stating how they feel. You know, it's it just. <sighs> just embarrassing yeah, kind of sounds like in terms that maybe tell me if i'm wrong remember when it was like we were trying to figure out who was going to run against trump in 2016 and like the two front runners were hillary clinton and bernie sanders and like everyone was like well clearly like the dnc like debbie walsh and schultz or whatever mm-hmm. like clearly they all favor hillary clinton they're like we don't favor hillary clinton what are you talking about mm-hmm. and then it like came out later that like they actually did favor mm-hmm. hillary clinton mm-hmm. and like did a lot to try to make bernie lose maybe it's like that is that what it is i don't know i i, I feel like there's a little bit of they're, they're they all say we're not attacking the winner as a person in any way we're just saying that whomever is miss texas will probably win that's what they're saying but it still doesn't matter if you're taking a stand against the organization because half these fucking contestants that did not win the crown walked out on stage when she was being crowned. I don't oh, care. So they're if, like really, like really feeling classless. Harder. I don't care if you think she was sitting in the judge's laps during the contest. You fucking stand on that stage. You smile. You let her get her flowers and her crown and walk the stage. And then you walk off together in class. Walking off. Is the, like that is the most disgusting classless thing I've ever seen as a former really? pageant. Yes, absolutely. You. It doesn't matter if you're protesting the organization. It looks well, like you're protesting. Still, the fucking matter. Doesn't matter. It's classless. If you think you're the classy lady representing the <laughs> Miss Miss Miss, it looks so shitty, and it looks like you are taking a stand against the person, a person of color especially, and it it looks like that. It, you can say all you want against the organization later in statements. But it absolutely looks like you said, oh, this girl won. I'm walking off. That's what it looks like. And you feel strongly about this. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I did. But as a former Miss title holder, you know, I feel as if I have to take a line, you know. But it it just looks shitty. That's all. I think They kicked her out of the group chat. They kicked the winner out of the group chat. That's do fine. Yeah. Silly. Take your stand. Do your fucking weird ass protest. Like I know. Yeah. You play but- the game though. I mean, like, whatever. Like, what'd you expect? I, I don't know. Like some whatever. Yeah. You're the expert. So let's let's call it trashy. But they kicked her out of the group, the winner out of the group chat. Start a new group chat without her. That see, the this is where it feels 
personal against her, not the organization. You know what I mean? That's that's where I'm like, feels like y'all can say it's not about race, but it feels <clears throat> a little look about race, but whatever. Anyway, let's get on to the next story because I there's nothing I love more than like when propaganda tries to be funny. <laughs> okay. Because it, it's like, okay, show me a propaganda where it scares me. That's what I like. But when propaganda tries to be like quirky, <laughs> love. Anyway, that's what we're talking about in our next story. <laughs> yes. So from one mile at a time.com, there's a Russian propaganda video about moving to the United States. Family flees Russia for the USA and then regrets it. So it starts, it tries to talk about like how it's worse to live in the United States than it is to live in Russia. They filmed it in an airplane cabin and has English subtitles, but it's in Russian. But yeah, it talks about, it's like this family and they're moving to the U.S. And the father's like, oh, I've been really need to do this for a long time. And, you know, like the woman with them is like, yes, I'm excited. America is the freest country in the world, land of opportunity. But then the family learns the real reality of living in the united states yeah so uh the man uh starts to eat meat and then the cabin stewardess comes and says oh i'm so sorry the person behind you is vegetarian and it makes them uncomfortable we're gonna have to take that away from you this is a principle of democracy there's also a woman who's seated in front of them who goes hi and this is my husband and then that husband farts and sneezes while sitting down <laughs> it's it's a woman it's a woman so she's oh this is my husband a woman says about another woman this is my husband oh and they this... fart and sneeze yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's fucking hilarious uh yeah. there's a line for the bathroom on the plane and then a black man shows up and jumps the line and forces like everyone to let him go first because his people endured the oppression of white people for many years and you all owe african-americans a debt and so everyone gets on their knees and bows down to the black man begging for forgiveness yeah the family's asked to yeah, yeah. Uh, the family is then asked to change seats to another part of the cabin because there's a child-free couple near them. And the child is being in the field of vision makes them uncomfortable. So anyways, this is fucking hilarious. Yeah. As a child-free couple, as of right now, I do get uncomfortable around children. And I, I do wish that they weren't around. Yeah, um, that's fair. I go to bars and stuff. And like every time that... <laughs> Like my, we leave bars or we leave restaurants and stuff. And I always tell Taylor like, yeah, it was nice. They're so loud though. And he goes, I don't think we should have kids, honey. Because every time that I complain about a place being too loud, it's always a place where kids are. Or like, I'll be sitting at the table. We'll be trying to enjoy a, People bring kids to breweries all the time and we go to breweries. And so like, you see these kids running around and you'll just catch me like side-eyeing these fucking kids running around like zoo animals. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll go, I, I really, are, Cass, I don't think that you, we should have kids. You really don't seem to like them. <laughs> so that part feels accurate, I think. You know, it's uh, I think it hmm. I think something happens in in when you have a child and like some pheromone is released where you like get blindness and you like, 
I love my child. <laughs> sure. You can yeah. just, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on everybody who has no, kids. Like, no. Good for you. You're doing, you're doing, you're fighting the good fight. I, I, I just like, what is it like? I don't know. I don't want to, I can't speak to what it's like to live in Russia, but I do know they're in a war and uh, that uh, their men are getting drafted into the military against their will. So, you know, I mean, you got one hand of the scale, hmm, get drafted into the military against my will or have to be near a farting, sneezing lesbian couple where one of them identifies as the man. I I, I was reading reports, like not to talk about any of it, but like these like 20 year old Russian kids like were getting captured by like, like I think like Ukrainian citizens or something. And they were like, can I call my mom? She doesn't know where I am. Like, like they were like kids, like 19, 20 year old kids, you know? And they were like, can I just call my, I don't need to call my like general or lieutenant or I don't, I don't know the ranks, but they were like, can I call my mommy? (laughs) God damn it. This is horrible. All of it. But the Russian embassy in Spain published another propaganda video with the caption time to move to Russia. Mm. It, uh, it ver- lists various reasons why you should move to Russia, including delicious cuisine, beautiful women. And the beautiful women is showing an image of children. So that's Jesus. weird. Cheap gas, rich history, world famous literature, unique architecture, fertile soil. Another picture of kids. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Soylent green is people. <laughs> cheap electricity, water, water, ballet, cheap taxi, delivery, traditional values, Christianity, no cancel culture. Well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Hospitality, vodka, and an economy that can withstand, withstand thousands of sanctions. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you're a Christian nation, traditional values and you arrest people for being gay, doesn't that also count as cancel culture? Oh, no, 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 no. That's um, holding up the Christian values. But you're canceling someone for being anti-Christian. Oh, no, no, no. They're, they can still be Christian, but they're breaking the laws of Christianity. So we're going to arrest and persecute them. Uh, Got to be honest with you. Doesn't seem like Russia is a great place. Oh, the math ain't math. But the video ends with a phrase that says, don't delay. Winter is coming. You like, you guess what that means? Like Russia's about to get really fucking bad. Yeah. That's what winter is coming means. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Let's go back to a Chinese art museum. Yes, let's go back to the art world. It, it's much more, sere- even if it's cutthroat and aggressive, it's much more beautiful there. <laughs> so uh, according to businessinsider.com, an art expert has been fired after he valued a Chinese vase at 1900. Oh, sorry, excuse me. After he valued a Chinese vase at $1,950 that sold at an auction for nearly $8 million. It's almost as if all this shit's arbitrary and we put value as imaginary. Anyway, but that's like being like, I'm going to fire my accountant because he told me not to invest in Bitcoin. But then after the Super Bowl, Bitcoin was worth $30,000 a coin. Yeah. An art expert in France has been fired from a prestigious auction house after valuing a Chinese vase 
4,000 times less than its sale price, according to The Guardian. Many people made the journey from China to France to see the blue and white ornate porcelain vase decorated with dragons and clouds. Um, and then the buyer bid by phone. He was from China and nearly 8 million. Crazy. Yeah. He lost his job. The expert made a mistake. One person alone against 300 interested Chinese buyers cannot be right, said the owner of the auction house. Well, what are you fucking worried about? You still got your $8 million. Yeah, but if he if he's making mistakes, if he's overinflating value or underinflating value, he he was working for us. He no longer works for us. It, after all, was a serious mistake. I mean. You ever mess up at your job that bad? No. Yeah. I guess not. Yeah. The person who was selling this was surprised (laughs) yeah. because she said that they used to just her family used to just put flowers in this vase like no big deal but it's not super clear why this buyer paid so much for this vase like which then again like why are we firing the guy if we don't know why it's so expensive yeah Uh, well I mean it's again if he's making this mistake to undervalue is he overinflating other stuff and they're buying stuff for four to- 4,000 times what it's worth? You know what I mean? Like if he's, if he fucks up on this, what has he fucked up in the past? Is he going to fuck up in the future? You know what I mean? Like if this guy's skills are off, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to cost them a lot of money, you know? Sure. That's all. So it's or- like, all right, go get a job. All right. Well, then let's talk about someone who's doing like a good job. A good job? Oh. (laughs) Shoot. Do we not have a story like that? No. Do we have another bad job story? Yeah. Ah, dang it. This is Trashy Trashy Podcast after all. Yeah. Not Happy Happy Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Unless your whole town is (laughs) third eye people from New NBCnews.com. A Vermont? Nope. Vermont. Vermont. A Vermont town employee quietly (laughs) lowered fluoride in water for nearly four years. So in Richmond, the water and waste superintendent said he reduced the fluoride levels because of concerns about changes in it to its sourcing and the recommended levels. So residents of a small community in Vermont were blindsided last month by the a news that one official in their water department quietly, quietly lowered fluoride levels nearly four years ago, giving rise to worries about their children's dental health and transparent government and highlighting the enduring misinformation about water fluoridation. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not super familiar. So we want fluoride in the water, right? Yes. It strengthens the the people. So fluoride, the people that don't want it, it's a mineral. It occurs naturally. It's released from rocks in the soil, water, and air. So water does contain fluoride. It's usually not enough to prevent tooth decay, but it's added to the drinking water as a public health measure for reducing cavities. People block fluoride because they think it hardens your third eye, I think. So what? Yeah. So, 
Okay. So yeah, here's, here's the, here's the crazy website that I found. Okay. Yeah. Give me the tea on this. Yeah. So fluoride, according to this crazy website, not only affects bone and teeth, it also impacts young children in the development of the brain. Exposure to fluoride before birth could lead to poor cognitive outcomes in the future. Okay. So basically they also think that it can cause joint stiffness and pain blah 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 it's all it's all but that's not true yeah it's all crazy talk yeah okay um so it's it's like the there's like an anti-vaccine community for fluoride and this guy was a part of it and took it upon himself Mm -hmm. to like he's like the guy who like drove his truck over a bunch of states to stop pizzagate like he like this conspiracy went too far for him and he was like here you go, everybody. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you can find a bunch of uh, crazy websites that have all this. Is this yeah. illegal? Yeah. It's yeah. It's illegal. So he, yeah. So he going to jail? I hope so. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a government mandate and he just was like, no, I think it's different. Okay. Then unfluoride your own water. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, so a mother uh went to the dentist and found that her two kids first cavities she acknowledged they eat a lot of sugar but noted that her dentist recommended against supplemental fluoride because the town's water should be doing the trick Mm. she said it's the fact that we didn't have the opportunity to give our informed consent that gets me she thought that they were meeting the state standards state standards for water on fluoride consumption so uh, fluoride has come to public drinking water systems in routine in communities since the 40s and 50s. So, yeah. Interesting. You know, Cass, I feel like last week we had a lot of talk of cheating. Yes. And this week we have the most serious allegations of cheating, which is voter fraud. Oh, my God. Where? Well, the, uh, not the midterms, but the, oh, the real... Okay, okay the real um the the serious election that's coming up you know are you talking about fat bear week yes the the most serious election of our time oh my god okay let's get a let's get an article from mashable and rolling stone then oh, i mean it's been covered by npr mashable rolling stone everywhere it's covering fat bear week you know national park service detected a spam influence in the semifinal round of its annual tournament and is taking steps to ensure election integrity you do your good work heroes thank you so much interested parties will get to weigh in on the final voting for fat bear week an annual tournament competition between the brown bears of brooks river and katmai national park alaska The popular online event asked people to observe just how chunky features certain bears have become (laughs) while storing up fat for the long winter hibernation and over a series of matchups, elect the one they believe has made the more impressive gain in girth. So this has like a March Madness style bracket that educates people, you know, on like what bears have to do and how they've adapted to harsh environments and how they survive it. And, you know, it's just a fucking fun thing. Okay. It's wholesome. It's innocent. It should be trusted. It should be transparent. It should be nice. Without manipulation. And what do people do? All right. So in the semifinals, 
between roly-poly bear named 435, nicknamed Holly, and plain-sized bear 747, someone had attempted to gain the results. <gasps> the park announced on the attempted election fraud on Twitter. So it's terrifying. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, I mean, is democracy intact? So the spam attack was apparently made in order to give Holly the unfair win, even though the legitimate results clearly show that 747 had the victory. So 747 was winning, leading in both the whole day and by quite a substantial amount. And it's like, all right, all right. But when there were just a few hours of voting left, we noticed that Holly received over 9,000 votes in a very short amount of time. It was the speediest and most significant comeback the NPS had seen in Fat Bear Face-Off and immediately drew suspicion. It's not like Holly was knocking doors, you know what I mean? Like doing like a last minute press junket or like, you know, like she, a- she didn't release student loan debt in the last day leading up to the election. <laughs> is this, this is someone who's like lost everything okay like i gambled away my kids college funds i'm about to lose the house my wife already left and someone goes all right well um let me give you two options number one squid game number two if you don't want to do squid game number two i'll give you a chance to win it all back and he goes all right what is it he goes I have reason to believe that 747 is going to win Fat Bear Week. Mm-hmm. If Seth, but if he doesn't, I'll give you back everything. Because <laughs> why else would someone rig Fat Bear Week if it wasn't for fucking gambling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really think that like some some deranged person is sitting there looking at this. This is all he has. Again, kids have left. Wife has left. Mm-hmm. job is on the, just barely holding on he's on a performance plan and impro- improvement plan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and has been for like three years and they're just like we can't really fire him. Bad for him yeah we just feel, ugh, we can't really he's, fire got, he's him. got tenure but he shows up to to class drunk every day yeah yeah this is all he has and he's like and he picked holly and he was like holly's my girl she's gotta win that he was sees my wife's name. That was his wife's name. He's got, he sees something in Holly. It's yeah. like it's like if she wins, he wins. Yeah, and he yeah. needs this. He needs a win. He needs a win. And then seven forty seven just started getting huge, and they're like, oh, oh, well, time to uh, have an internet spam campaign and and pull this win out in the last second. Who can I call? Roger Stone. Now he's going to jail. <laughs> Imagine if Roger Stone was involved, though. Honestly, I I might explode. I, like the joy coming from my ch- like, I might like <laughs> you know, like in shows when ki- people just burst into like starlight and ex- explode. Like that might yeah. I might be the first person that died from exploding of starlight. So the, the cheating came from uh, new votes had been generated via many fake email addresses coming from several IP addresses. Filtering out votes from those IP confirmed that 747 had bested Holly. But to her credit, 
she was the 2019 Fat Bear Week champion. So she had oh. a win in, under her belt, but okay. So she had some odd, like the it's the odds weren't too bad, but yeah, they just didn't realize how big 747 yeah. was about to get. But they installed a captcha for the voting to its system in order to create a barrier to stop fraudulent voting. All right, cool, cool, cool. Can you believe you just have to like everything you might as well just put a caption on everything if fat bear week isn't sacred what is is, you know yeah you know what's not sacred anymore pico de gallo Gallo. are you ready for our dumpster fire babe oh i can't wait all right it's time for the dumpster fire of the week oh my god So all over the internet, but we're sourcing from bonapetite.com. We're, of course, going to talk about the Great British Bake Off's Mexico Week. Great British Bake Off, fantastic that it is now a Netflix property and we get new episodes every week rather than having to do what we used to have to do, which was find some way to get it off of the BBC or we had to wait. I don't know. Great British Bake Off, I was in like a Facebook group like sharing like black market links to get <laughs> like regular yeah bake off like up-to-date bake off rather than having to wait for the whole season to air and for it to go on netflix but those were dark times but yeah they did mexico week this one of the by the time you're reading or hearing this it'll probably be another episode but it's like episode three or something like that mexico week and mm, didn't go over great <laughs> here's the thing spain is right there you holiday in spain you know, it's, it's like a 30, 45 minute flight. Like, why not use something on the continent? You know, like they do different weeks, you know, like they've got they've here's what fucked me up is they've done like different types of cuisine. They do Italy week. They do things like that. And I'm like, do they fuck up those weeks as hard as they fucked up Mexico week or what? Like, I don't know what implored them to do this, but okay. So um, right off the bat, immediately out the gate, you've got your two hosts, Noel Fielding and Matt Lucas, Lucas, and they're wearing serapes and uh, sombreros. So right off the gate, they're they're dressed like fucking speedy gonzalez and they make a quick hey we probably or they say i feel like i don't feel like we should make mexican jokes because people will get upset so they're putting it out there yeah <laughs> like great hey i think we're being racist already and then they make a a joke about how the name Juan sounds like one so right out the gate, you know, okay, put your seatbelts on, everybody. We are potentially in for a problematic ride. Buckle up. The British are doing Mexico week. <laughs> and, you know, they have a sensitivity about other people's cultures. Famously. I don't think we can really, like, come at them so hard because they were mispronouncing things because they do have an accent. Although it is upsetting to hear someone call Pico de Gallo pico de gallo without abandon yes to be fair when i first moved to california and uh-huh. the first time i saw el pollo loco i was like uh-huh. el polo loco yeah i mean look some people don't know how, that the two l's doesn't it, it doesn't even, sound like two l's it didn't even register that it would it was that like a mexican restaurant so i, was, I didn't even think that the double l would be the one you know i was like oh huh, what, I wonder what that kind of place is like I think what got me the worst is that 
do they not have avocados in like Britain at all? Because they're talking, they called guacamole guacimolo. Like, oh, you have to put it on guacimolo on your tacos. And then one woman peeled an avocado, Mm. like how you peel a potato. It, I mean, the image, the image haunts me in my dream, like the movie Barbarian imagery, (laughs) imagery haunts me. I, I, I don't even eat avocados. Can't stand the texture taste, but to see her peel it. Yeah. It's gnarly. This isn't their, okay. So there's their first like kind of half-baked episode because they have done, they did a Japan week in season 11 that kind of had some heat. Um, in season nine, they made non bread instead of just non. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was, that's where they messed up. Is that, yeah, it's called non, but they kept calling it non bread. And then there's of course, Paul Hollywood's famous plated bread or plated bread. Cause they, whatever braid, which is just obviously holla. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, did you watch it? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I watched it. I, I love like, this show, but it- <laughs> I do too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, just- I wish they would have, I wish they would have kept, you know, they, they stopped doing the, the history segments detailing the origins of the episodes. You know, they, they traveled to the Netherlands to learn about the, the origins of Struple and the 15th century methods of baking bread pudding inside sheep's guts, you know, which is fun. I wish they would have done stuff like that still. Yeah. I would much rather learn more about like some of this random stuff that they have to bake. I mean, none of this was random on Mexico week, but like, you know, there are things that I'm like, I've never heard of that before. Like some 14th century French like cake, where I would rather hear history about that than being like on the weekends, Chadwick likes to go with his boyfriend to the lake and their little dog snoozy, you know, like, but I don't give a shit. I want to hear about like the origins of like, when the Spanish colonized Mexico, like what the infusion of uh, yeah. flavors and ingredients were, and like what the natural, you know, what the native ingredients a were. Baking I want to know that. Show, not a people yeah. show, a baking show. Yeah. So their three, their signature challenge was the, they were just supposed to make pan dulces, which pretty much everybody made conchas, which, you know, like mm-hmm. pan dulces are just Mexican cakes, but everyone made those concha breads, which mm-hmm. is not the only Mexican cake out there, but certainly the most popular for their um uh what's the fuck is it called when they do the the hidden one oh technical um, the technical technical yeah so their technical was just to make tacos but they they did i'm not gonna yeah it is it it is a little bit cruel to print up but they called it tacos like tacos yeah they did it's like grilling steak and and making yeah it wasn't very baking no like all they had to do was like just make the tortilla right but like yeah that's not baking that's just uh, anyways and then their um showstopper was to make tres leches cakes which everyone made like Mm -hmm. i've never seen a tres leches cake that was like a seven layer cake or pink or yeah i was like people were making like wedding cakes yeah i was like no what's happening yeah um, one of the contestants put a mustache on their cake and that made it Mexican, I guess. And a lot of the whole things, Prue, the judge says, <laughs> every time that someone brought out cake that looked, that was colorful, she was like, well, that looks nice in Mexican <laughs> because of its bright colors. <laughs> like it was, this was a gnarly show. 
Yeah. <laughs> they could have stood to maybe do a little bit more research. That's why I'm wondering. I'm like, is it this bad with all the other times right. that they do other places? I just don't know enough about Japan to see what the problem is or whatever. <laughs> and like, I mean, they, they bring up a, sal- a salient point in this article of like, like, you know, Jalisco is very different than like Oaxacan food. You know what I mean? Like they could have yeah. really brought up all the different states in Mexico and, and just kind of how like the, the baking, the baking kind of differs across, uh, you know, the different states in Mexico and like how those are all very somewhat distinct from each other. Like that would have been interesting to have been like, learn a little bit about that, you know, like, I, I mean, the argument for this, of course, is that we're, they're going to start exposing more British people to Mexican culture and maybe it's just a bit of a bumpy road to get there. So, but you know what, like as someone who is not Mexican, I can't truly speak to the depths of whether or not this was good or bad. All I know is that it was cringy and, um, I, you know, I giggle, I giggled a few times. So if I, I, I think we can definitely declare that it was trashy. Yes. What are you hoarding, my trash queen? Okay, I'm hoarding a show on CBS. It's on its second season. It's a CBS. remake. Hear me out. Whoa. It's a remake of a British show. Uh-huh. Ghost. Someone, I feel like my partner's mom was like, hey, ghosts is funny. It's really charming. So essentially a young couple inherits a house in upstate New York and they want to turn it into a B&B and uh, it's haunted by ghost, but you're like, okay, they live separate lives, you know, ghost, not ghost, but one of the, you know, the new uh, owner, owners of the house uh, falls and almost has like, you know, she has a brush with death and then is now able to hear the ghost. Mm. Because she's broken the, you know, the barrier between the living and the dead. Because she was technically dead for like three seconds or whatever, or, you know, minutes or whatever. But she can't see him. Oh, she sees and hears him, but her or husband she sees can't. And hears him. Okay, okay. But her husband can't. So now she kind of like uh, is going between. You know, she she sometimes has to interpret for her husband and be like, he's like, are they in the room right now? And she's like, yes, and has to say like, who's who? But they're from all different. They've all died at the property that they're on. So it's like people from, you know, from the a thousand years ago, like a Viking. There's a, like a Native American that died like 500 years ago. There's, you know, a, one of her distant relatives that, that was like a robber baron. And then there's just all sorts of people that have died on the property throughout the years. And it's really, really funny and charming. And there's like the downstairs people in the basement that died of like cholera that that are just like disgusting and like you know but it it, and like the the viking is like loves tv and there's a show about vikings he's like we didn't wear that you know it's just just really charming there's like an old jazz singer and she's like i think i was murdered and she's like no you just died but then it's like oh no wait i we think she was murdered you know it's just uh there's a guy who hates alexander hamilton they were like rivals but he's just a nobody in history and he's like whatever happened to that guy you know now that he can talk to a living and she's like oh you're gonna want to sit down for this and he tells him 
about it. It's so funny and so charming. I really, really like it. it it's really funny. Yeah, I it, it's on CBS, but it, it pushes some boundaries, I'll say. Wow. Yeah. And guess right. what? It's not a Chuck Lorre show. So, hey, that's nice to hear. Yeah, it, it's it's really great. It's no yeah, laugh track. It's, yeah, it's based off a British uh, a British show ghost. So it's it's really fun. Yeah. What are you cool. hoarding? Have I already hoarded reboot? Uh, I don't know. I feel like we've talked about it. I don't know if we've, if you've hoarded like, it. Was it in our lot? Like, was it the two of us or was it, you know, that's mm-hmm. what's tough. All right. Well, I don't know if I've hoarded reboot, so I'm not going to do it again, but unless Watch I it. haven't. Watch reboot on Hulu. Okay. But I'm going to hoard Welcome to Wrexham. Um, yes. Really, really cute show. So Ryan Reynolds, the actor, and Rob McElhenney, uh, the other actor, he's from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The two of them, this is like a real life thing. This is, They're not playing characters. This is a real life docuseries. They bought a football, soccer, they bought a, a team in uh, Wrexham, Wales. Mm-hmm. And just kind of the story, because like this team is like stuck in like the lower leagues. Everything I know about soccer is from Ted Lasso. Yes. So um, <laughs> this team is stuck in the lower leagues and they want to move up. And this community in Wrexham just kind of, I guess, reminded Rob McElhenney of like growing up in Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. yeah, so they bought this team and it's just the story of that and how they're working to improve it and like everything that's going along with it. And you get to, it's not all about the actors. Like a lot of it is about the town and the players. And then they also have some sort of, they have like some specialty episodes where like suddenly the whole episode is done like a sports center. I don't know. It's a really cute show yeah. and they're only like 28 minute episodes or 20 minute episodes. I don't know. I, I recommend it. I think it's fun and you find yourself like, if you liked Ted Lasso, you should watch this because now you're a soccer expert like me, but also it's just like in the, in the big sea of docu-series that are all about murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an, it's nice to just watch like two funny actors who, use their money to yes buy a sports team but also like just how how it positively has influenced this community and yeah it's cool and it's making me really want to travel to wales and like me too yeah Yeah. i I love that you're watching it yeah i think the charming thing too is like the the fans it's like partly it's owned by like the club is owned by the fans and so they it was but they had to make a commitment to the like they had to get on a zoom and the fans were yeah. able to ask them questions like is this some kind of stunt like are you going to do mis you know mismanagement so they had to like make a, a it was like a 35 year commitment of of the like not being able to sell the land in the club or something like that yeah, this like, team means a lot to, to the town. town like yeah. so it's and again this isn't scripted like it's real so i i i really like it i i recommend it yeah um, yeah but it's gone it's like their social media has increased like hundreds of times oh, yeah. over like oh yeah you, you, like 400 growth on all their socials clubs like they've, they've just it's done a lot and you can tell like they i mean ryan reynolds is regardless if you think of an actor he's a marketing genius oh my like God, a he's marketing great genius um I, yeah i just think it's it's charming and you know they they care about it you know so yeah, yeah. i think it's fun really cute show what are you throwing away i'm throwing away when you sign up to get a disc, a promo code or discount, that's how people get you in for marketing. You're on their email list forever. Mm-hmm. Now 
They're savvy. They've moved to this model of having to give your email and cell phone to get the 20, 30% off when you first sign up. And it's like, go F yourself. Are you kidding me? So now you have to like confirm subscription to get text, get the promo code, then unsub from the email, unsubscribe from text, but it's they're onto us. They're onto us cheap bitches. And it's really annoying. I used to be able to have a million ghost emails to get a promo code. And then yeah, you're going to have to start getting some burner phones. I got to get, I guess start buying cell phones to get all these discounts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's quite unpleasant. So uh, I don't, I don't care for that. I, I just want your 20% off, 25% off for signing up. And then I'll never use you again. Goodbye. But uh, yeah, that's, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, throwing it out anyway. Okay. Yeah. What are you throwing away? Oh God. Saving for a wedding. I'm so tired. Oh, Dude, God. this shit is expensive. Yeah. We had to do, we like went over our budget again this morning and it's like, there's not even things on there that were like, oh, this is pretty frivolous. Like maybe we could cut this. It's like mm-hmm. just the base minimum things that are expected from a wedding. Yeah. A DJ, a bar, a venue, flowers, like a dress, like all this kind of stuff. It's just, it's a fortune. So I'm, I'll tell you what, like, if you know me personally, shit, even if you don't, and you're like, hey, like, let's hang out. You're going to have to talk to me in April because Mm -hmm. the next few months, I have to just stop spending money and, So when I come out of this, I'm going to be so rich and so skinny and (laughs) so boring. (laughs) Like that's going to be my, those are my three adjectives. Like, how would you describe yourself? Like for the next five months, it's skinny, rich, and boring. I am looking forward to April when I can go back to being fat paycheck to paycheck and fun at parties. (laughs) (laughs) Title of the episode, skinny, rich, and boring. (laughs) Yes. Okay, where can the people find you? I'm dying to know. Oh my God, you can find me at Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram and same handle at Iconic Erica Curry on TikTok. Uh-huh. You can find me at Gilly Gal on Twitter. It's private for just, you know, it's a secret for just you and I. And then you can find your Twitter's private? No, it's just like I don't have my full name on it. So it's kind of like oh, a word, 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 word. If okay. you're in the know, you know, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. Yeah. If, if you know, you know. Yeah. 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 Where can they find you? You can find me at Cass Cardenas on Instagram, Twitter, and you can find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. That's the name all across the game. We also have a website, trashytrashypodcast.com. We have an email address, trashytrashypodcast at gmail.com where you can send us reasons why you're trash, send us stories. We love that. We also really love when you guys give us five-star reviews. We've been seeing them. It really helps us out and we really appreciate it. And we really, 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 really just love the shit out of our listeners. Truly. Uh, This is the reason why we do it. It's truly, it means everything. We ain't getting paid. We ain't getting paid. Girl. I lose money on this podcast, but it's we a lose joy. Money. Time it's is a money. joy to lose money on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's it, you make it all worth it. Hey, gas. What's going on, girl? Stay garbage.
You stay garbage, girl. I will. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>